2: and fish can coexist peacefully.
0: Read my lips. And
2: then we're going to
1: Washington, D.C. to take back the White House.
0: Ah! I love the poorly educated. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people.
2: It never gets old.
1: It never ever gets old. I'm sitting here trying to think of a clever intro, and then you hear that. It just doesn't matter. I can just laugh at that. And I know other people are going to laugh at it, too.
0: Our (laughs) listeners like the intro, too. I think so. Commenting on Twitter about it. (laughs) No, it's
1: weird. Good job on that Uh, one, though. That was you, Bill? That was, yeah. The
2: shut up and sit down. Is that you, too? All of it.
1: (laughs) 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 Welcome back, guys. Barstool Politics. I am your host, Nick McGuire, uh, joined as always by Dr. Bill Muck from uh, North Central College. Uh, Dr. Phil Barker from Keene State College is not with us today, unfortunately. He's, He's feeling under the weather. He's sick. He's sickly. Get, get better, Phil. <laughs> but we do have Dr. Suzanne Chad from North Central College joining us again.
2: Thank you. Yay. I'm the poor woman's Phil. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Two yeah. weeks in a row. I'm not yeah. so sure. No,
1: that's <laughs> good. I don't know about this. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's so much weird shit going on. <laughs> Russian indictments and school shootings and Syria's on fire again and we're gonna try and make sense of we're not gonna make sense of any of it we're just gonna talk about it and laugh at each other <laughs> um yeah I mean as much as uh, as many different things were going on this week the the you always have to talk about the Mueller updates yeah. and this felt like kind
0: of a big one it was it was a typical Mueller bomb on Friday afternoon <laughs> He just he just drops them and goes away. So to remind our listeners, special counsel Robert Mueller charged 13 Russian nationals, 13, wasn't messing around, uh, and three Russian entities on Friday with an illegal information warfare scheme to disrupt the 2016 presidential election uh, and to assist the candidacy of uh, President Donald Trump. That's important. Mm -hmm. Uh, the dramatic indictments reveal a bold, covert effort that went beyond the previously known fake news and social media misdirection to divide American voters and harm Trump's Democratic opponent, Hillary Clinton. It charged <clears throat> excuse me, that as early as 2014, Russian nationals physically hid their true identities, gathering intelligence, organized political rallies, and even paid Americans to assist in their political sabotage, including somebody building a cage on a flatbed truck. <laughs> Where somebody dressed up like Hillary.
2: Is that real? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is that in your yeah. David?
0: Uh, yeah. I yeah. missed. I must have missed that, it. Was, that it part. was. Some of it was really, really. The extent to which Russians engaged Americans unwittingly. Mm-hmm. Like this week, I learned all about the word unwittingly because it was used <laughs> over and over and over again. Wittingly? Unwittingly. <laughs> Uh, Is so, that so
2: they can't be charged with treason? I think so, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah,
0: okay. So, yeah, so they did all these things. They would organize rallies and counter-rallies. On the same day. Yes.
1: In the same city.
0: Yes. Both groups trying to ex- engage their more extremist views. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an intent to turn the Americans against each other. The indictment itself was 37 pages, and it was it was really stunning in its detail. How much was in there... Uh, I don't think you can read it, not say that this was this happened. the Russians did it and it was a sophisticated effort. Um, the way you
2: just said that where you said it was uh, it was to turn Americans against each other, which is not, how this is being spun obviously in the media but I think that's actually a really important part to talk about here that Mm -hmm. yes the consequences could potentially be that we have a different president than we would have otherwise and there was a sophisticated effort to get this particular person elected over somebody else there's all kinds of reasons why but whether it was a purposeful attempt to turn Americans against each other or it was just like a happy coincidence for for Russia this is this Helped them out in more ways than just getting this particular candidate elected president.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's an important point because everybody focuses on the fact that they were trying to help Donald Trump. The, the reason they were trying to help Donald Trump is that he was he was enabling this partisanship, right? He was uh, he could echo all of that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't as if they felt Trump was this wonderful candidate necessarily for Russia. No. It just really aided in the dynamic of divine discontent. Us. Yeah, <laughs> he, because he was indictment. a puppet. It, it, you're right. In the indictment, they talk about they also like Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. They didn't like anybody else. Didn't like Ted Cruz. (laughs) Didn't like Marco Rubio. Bernie and Trump. (laughs) But
2: but we've talked about this. I know Bill and I talked about this, and I'm sure it's been on the podcast. There's 61 episodes. I'm sure it happened somewhere where there are so many things that are similar about the type of candidacies between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, sort Mm -hmm. of the populist part. It's just the way they went about it was so, so vastly different. But there's a reason why Russia would be drawn to those kinds of candidates. and. The history with Hillary Clinton, of course, there's a reason they did not want her to be president. But what these consequences have been more generally for democracy, for trust in government, for legitimacy, for the institutions, it's it's
0: deep. Yes. Mm -hmm. As I was reading it, I was mad at the Russians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, are, I was you, like, are your feelings hurt? <laughs> yes, it was, it, you know, it, we get so We used to up. be friends. <laughs> Friend we get, everything now in our political system is through this partisan divide. And the, it, it seems like the other is that other side. But in this case, the other was the Russians who are trying to mess with us mm-hmm. in very blatant ways. Uh, and they did.
2: They didn't try. They did. They did. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I felt kind of good for Mueller for putting this down to say, like, uh-uh. You know, we're going to name and we're going to shame and we're never going to get any of these Russian individuals. Oh, That's right? the no. other yeah. aspect of this. It's you so can symbolic.
1: name and shame all you want. None of them are ever going to see a day behind bars.
0: No. It doesn't no. matter in the end. Right, unless they're stupid. <laughs> well, but-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which they're not, clearly, because right, they got right. away with all of this.
0: But there is something to the effect that they, they've been shamed. And not, not those 13 individuals, but Vladimir Putin. I felt like this was more, and I don't know if Mueller is really sending any messages, but this felt like at least somebody within the U.S., government was saying we know what you did and we don't like it all
1: (laughs) right so then the follow-up to that is do you think that anyone else will win the russian presidency in the near future
2: (laughs) sorry that was a very loud laugh (laughs) (laughs) i think you know my answer (laughs) no okay (laughs) oh good i'm glad you agree do you have another take on that nick
1: no not at all no not Mm at all no and that's I, I don't disagree with the sentiment that he's putting forward, and I think it's important to put it out there. But at the same time, it's going to affect nothing. And they're going to continue doing this because it's cheap and it's really, really effective. And
2: we know we already know it's coming. We already know right. we should be expecting it in November, and the primaries start next month. So it mm-hmm. could start as early as the primary, not that they'd attack a primary, but it potentially could.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and there were, there were stories this week that there were Russian bots and trolls mm-hmm. uh, sort of hyping up the gun issue yes. after the florida shooting so yes. it's it's ongoing right i think nick why it seems like it matters to me is that somebody has to do something i don't think that person is going to be trump i think trump is so caught up in the being afraid that his election wasn't authentic that he can't push back against russia but somebody has to whether it's congress or or robert Mueller. that something needs to be done to push back against the bully because mm-hmm. that, that seems like the only way that Putin would stop doing this if there was real consequences.
1: But they're not real consequences. What are the consequences?
0: Not Nothing from the Mueller indictment. But right. I mean, th- maybe this lays the groundwork for Congress or the president or, or whatever to do something. Um, mm-hmm.
2: But I think it's become clear the president has no interest in doing that. Right. So whether it's, we go back to last week, Bill, where you talked about Trump coming to terms with his own feelings about Russia with his sort of circular conversation about uh, nuclear weapons. But this is, and I, I think this is where we, where we wanted to shift because the screenshots of the tweets are in my briefing for the podcast <laughs> for today um, about like diverting and blaming everyone except for Russia and whether it's because they're he's protecting himself because he did collude knowingly or maybe unknowingly with Russia. We don't know any of this yet.
1: The term is unwittingly. Oh, so <laughs> <Yeah>. unwittingly <laughs> that would
2: matter for impeachment. So that's actually really important. Um, or. Well, he doesn't understand it. He's covering up, or this is just his tactic to divert and continue to blame Democrats and Obama and everyone else, so that we cannot look at this anymore. So he's not going to do anything about it.
0: Let's assume for the moment, and this may be a big assumption, that there was no collusion. Let's just say that we just say that there was no collusion, but with, with Russia, there may be there was. But let's just assume that <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> uh, does, if that's the case, doesn't Trump need to get over this? And if it's just about him and his own thin skin and he doesn't like that that he may have been helped by this, doesn't he need to get over and say, even if that's the case, we're gonna strike back at Russia? Like it feels like that that should be a fair critique of him.
1: Are you joking? No. I can't tell. No,
2: I think he's serious. But here no. here's here my take on this though is that all of this is going to depend on whether or not this is a campaign issue as we heat up in the midterms and as we move into the presidential cycle. So if more indictments come out, if some kind of evidence comes out either way that vindicates him, which as you suggested probably won't, or suggests that there was some real kind of uh, relationship or some kind of uh, collusion, that if this is going to continue to be a topic that's uh, important for elections, he's not going to let it go. He's he's not going to let it go. And this is where, again, it's going to be interesting to see whether members of Congress because I have not heard unless I misheard or wasn't listening, anyone, well no, I shouldn't say anyone, very few members of Congress have been talking about the indictments. Mm -hmm. Very, very few. So if they're not going to make it an issue, I I don't, I don't, even if they don't make it an issue, I should say it this way, Trump is still going to continue to talk about it because it's a place where he can win. He can continue to talk about it and get leverage with it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Talk about, not in terms of going after Russia, but just talking about... Oh, right. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, but you said, what's it going to take for him to go after them? Well,
0: I even think Trump loves an enemy. He loves having somebody, you know, during the campaign it's great because he can pick on, you know, Lion Ted or Little Marco or Hillary, whatever it is. Lion Hillary. Lion Hillary. Putin (laughs) would be a perfect enemy, perfect guy to pick on, to to bully, to say, and he loves Kim Jong-un. This is another example of somebody. So if he, it seems to me if he could just get over... That fear of somebody saying the Russians may have helped him get elected, he could turn against them in a way that I think the country needs to.
1: Oh, they're such a good enemy, too. Yeah. It would oh, yeah. be so easy. It goes back we to the We did Cold it for War. 50 years. Yes.
0: It would, <laughs> it, it, it would play well with him, with his base, all of that. But his own insecurities won't let him pursue what's really in the interest of the United States. But
2: would it play well with his base? Because now we see a complete flip in who people think our enemies are and our friends are. Yeah. And we've done this complete flip flop where now the Russians are our friends, yeah. and like Australia is our enemy. Yeah. So and maybe that is exclusively because of the way Trump has talked about it. And if he shifted, then maybe so would the base. Mm-hmm. But we—I mean—I don't know how much backward how many, how much. That doesn't make sense as a sentence. How far backwards we can now pedal? Sure. That made sense.
0: And this week he's tried to shift the blame to the Obama administration. There's been Mm -hmm. multiple tweets uh, about the fact that this occurred during the Obama administration. Why didn't he, he do more? Suzanne, you pointed this tweet out to me earlier today from Donald Trump. Question. I love when he starts a tweet with question. If all the Russian meddling took place during the Obama administration right up to January 20th, why aren't they the subject of the investigation? Why didn't Obama do something about the meddling? Why aren't Democratic crimes under investigation? Ask Jeff Sessions. Exclamation point. <laughs> yes.
2: So, uh, you wonder if Jeff, Jeff Sessions is like, what?
0: I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> when did I get drug into this? Come on, man.
0: You were you know, we, We've been doing well for the last couple of weeks, right? <laughs>
2: you know? No one was talking about me. It was yes. great.
1: Oh. What? We've taught. I mean, we've been talking about this investigation for months and months and months at this point. And this is what really worries me: is that when there are these relatively important updates or or changes, they end up getting politicized in really small chunks. And the speed at which this is happening is allowing that to occur and minimizing the effectiveness of each of these updates. I feel like it would have been way better to either. Speed up the investigation, yeah. or have it all just kind of come out in one giant chunk. Like this is not this is not an effective way to disseminate this kind of information anymore. Because it, like you can communicate at fucking light speed and change the narrative. Like it, it's which it's, is
2: he's really good. at Trump
1: is really good, right? At it. But I mean, even if he's not good at it, like it's it's so easy for people to get riled up because either the Russians were super effective at their job and were really good at pitting us against each other. I I, I don't know. It's just, it's bad. Like, I don't, this is not a good way to do this investigation anymore.
0: Well, I think there's a difference between conducting an investigation, which is slow, right? Watergate was two years from the break-in until Nixon steps down. So, I mean, we're at, what, nine months since uh, Mueller has taken over. So investigations are slow and methodical, and you're trying to squeeze witnesses, and it takes a long time. Like you know, though, Nick, I'm waiting for a book to come out. Like, I want to wait till this is all done so I can read a book right. and remember all of the connections. Because mm-hmm. when you think back and you say, Oh, well, six six months ago this happened, you say, well, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And when you put that bit of information with what I just have right now, it all makes sense. But I've forgotten all right. the other stuff. And the only people that are going to
1: remember that shit are people like us. Right. And we Because we have a record of it.
2: Right. <laughs> quite quite literally a yeah. record of we it. Have,
1: on, we can have, go I back have. and listen to all yeah, those right. podcasts, F6, <laughs> by the way. <laughs>
2: Well, I I was saying this earlier, and I I wonder if, and here's what, to Nick's point, I don't know if this is the best or worst way or what way, because we've never seen something like this happen before in this, I mean, obviously we saw the Watergate investigation, but this is different because we have, this is a different time. We've got different kinds of technology. We've got different ways we can do things. We've got different people from different countries that are all involved in this. And so this is a larger scale investigation. It's going to take longer. And because we know how Mueller is, there is a methodical nature to the way he does it. So for me, I feel like as we talk about Trump has no strategy, I think Mueller has a significant strategy here. What is it? Why has he done it in this order and with this spacing? So I wonder, and again, I said this earlier, if this is the middle part between the original indictments and then what comes next, which is some kind of connection between the Trump campaign and Russia, because if there's evidence to suggest that people on the transition team We're doing illegal things as foreign agents, and we're lying to the FBI and all of that. There's some corruption. We can feel sure that there were some shady people doing some stuff, right? Now we know, we have definitive evidence that there was some kind of meddling that had an actual tangible effect. The next thing would be linking all of this together to say not only did it have an effect, but here were the people who were all knowledgeable and involved. I feel like that's the next thing, but I don't know how long it takes. Yeah. And I'm
0: not Mueller. And and that's important to note what what was in this indictment, but also what was not. There really was no conversation about collusion. There was no discussion of the Trump administration. There was no discussion of the hacked emails. Mm -mm. And if we remember, like the hacked emails were the ones that had the connection with potential connection with the Trump administration. So Mm -hmm. it was Don Jr. was having the meeting about the email. So that's the one, if there is going to be some sort of connection between the administration and Russia, that's likely to come be be a later shoot a drop. But you're right, there there was nothing in this. So is Mueller
2: He's priming us.
0: Well mm. it, it, it's hard to know. I think we have to be careful not to get ahead of ourselves. It eh. could be. If you were priming this is a good prime because now you have to say, Yep, Russia did this <laughs> And then there could be a, another indictment where you say whether it's Trump or not, somebody may.
1: right. I, we're not going to see it, Kushner. You don't we're think just so? we're
0: not going to see it. Kushner's no. doing jail time. No, man. we're going to hear. We're going to hear unwittingly a crimes. lot
1: over the next few months. Yeah, I think the end result of this is people who had shady business dealings but weren't necessarily using them in a conspiratorial way and were just dumb and ignorant of
0: what was being done with their. Help. It yeah. doesn't
2: mean they're not guilty of doing something. It doesn't
0: though. mean they're yeah. not. It's but intent. it's not You're conspiracy. You're yeah. and that may not rise to the level of Trump, right? The, the, that kind of behavior it might not. be, yeah, right. it may oh. not, might be a, just surrounding him, but not may not may not reach him. No, I don't yeah. think it will.
2: But I think that as, as we were talking about this, it seems like separating out. The indictments of the Russian nationals and the and then the organizations from if there was anything that was sort of misdoings by the Trump transition team or the administration is really meaningful because if it all got lumped into one, then we lose the importance of the two things separately. so if we if it all got lumped together, we wouldn't be talking about, you know, Americans turning on each other, right? We wouldn't be talking about um, the methodical nature of of the, the sort of the strategies of the Russians. We wouldn't talk about Putin. All we'd be talking about are the people on sort of the U.S. side, people from the Trump transition team, potentially who were involved in this. And so, I think lumping that together, if there is anything that says that they did something wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we would lose sight of it. Right. Would all get it? Would all get jumbled more than it it's already jumbled? Saying all came jumbled. out at the same time? Yes.
0: It'd be too much. But yes. I feel like you could create
1: a more linear, kind of streamlined narrative then. like Regardless of who the individual actors were, the overarching story is... They did the thing. Russia did the thing. Yeah. These people were dumb and were at least complicit in some way. Mm-hmm. But the real story is they were trying to turn us against each other. Yeah. that's.
2: But then couldn't Trump turn around? And he may do this anyway and say, why are you blaming us? Russia did all of this. Mm-hmm. Look at the indictment. Look at what it says. They, so You're
1: it, right, but he then could he's do it going now. against Russia. Yeah, could- right.
0: Yeah. Which is odd why he doesn't well, do that. That's, well,
1: yeah.
0: You know who had a really bad week? Um, Paul, Manafort. Oh, Paul Manafort. No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because So Paul Manafort, uh, Gates, his assistant, who was basically facing very similar charges to Manafort, mm-hmm. flipped, took a deal. This random, was he Dutch lawyer that they indicted? Yes.
2: He admitted to lying. Yes. He
0: he never lied to the FBI. They always Always find out. Or Robert Mueller. That guy knows everything. (laughs) So they've they've now indicted him and flipped him. And so he's apparently going to get like six. He he could be facing upwards of six to ten years in jail, but he's only going to get six months. He's connected to Paul Manafort. They are squeezing Paul Manafort now. Oh, yeah. And so the question is, why are they squeezing him? is what it is he know? Is it Trump or is it something else? Because they're putting so much pressure on him. That's, again, to Nick's point, I want to know all of the details. Right. I don't like my, you know, mystery novel that's not going to be finished for 18 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, so. and
2: we haven't been, to, I mean, no one's talking about Flynn, right? So we, mm-hmm. I think, Yeah. I remember being on the podcast where we talked about, you know, Flynn is so meaningful here and maybe, you know, they didn't indict him right away because he was tapped, he was wired, and they was going to find all this stuff. And... Whether they're holding on to him for something, it seems like Manafort is the one where they think they can get the most leverage yeah. from. So, mm-hmm. what, in what way? What right. do they know? And
0: it's no, so more speculation, yeah. I know. But you are gonna have to wait, Nick.
1: I don't want to wait. Like it's, I'm, mm. the strategy. The strategy just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. You are giving someone who is notoriously either good or really bad at um, communicating with uh, with the American um, population, and I, like I don't know. You have to you have to see that like you he clearly sees what he's responding or what he's saying in response to the indictments. Don't give him the opportunity to do that. How this do you is do your. In, I again, I think you have to kind of lump some of this stuff together. I, I don't know. That's me. Yeah. But. Well,
2: I mean, it has to be released in some way. So the question is, what's the best way to do it to sort of quell? the Trump response is that what you're saying
1: I think they put it in the form of a movie <laughs> and then that kind of gives them the two years because any have production That's and true. editing and then everybody's going to go see it cuz you know it's people don't read anything.
2: anything well they should put it in a briefing that Trump doesn't read anymore right. and then mm-hmm. someone can just you know Given, like, the one-sentence synopsis.
0: Anything over three pages is too much.
2: That's right, because I, I cannot imagine he read the 37-page no.
0: no. He read the Republican memo. The We talked about Memo Gate, which yes. was three pages. Yes. But the he made a comment about the Democratic version. It's too long. It was too long. It was 10.
1: Yeah, yeah. a pop-up book. It's yeah. going to have a
0: big hammer and sickle in it. It'll be great. So, so we, <laughs> should, we should transition to our second topic. And luckily, as we said before we went on air, the president gave us a nice transition here from uh, the, that's a transition. the Mueller indictment so to bad. the uh, the Florida shooting. So he tweeted at Donald Trump on Saturday night in, the, in what was the beginning of a epic, crazy tweet storm. He tweeted out, very sad that the FBI missed all the many signals sent out by the Florida school shooter. This is not acceptable. They are spending too much time trying to prove Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. There is no collusion. Get back to the basics and make us proud. So, you know... It, alleging that the FBI is so focused on Russia and the Russian Mueller investigation that they missed all these signals.
1: Well, at this point, there's only like three people working there, I think. So it's entirely possible they just missed this. And to
2: call for Ray's resignation because he missed this. Because this would be something that would rise to the level of the director of the FBI. There's
1: this kid in Florida? (laughs) Have you heard about this? And not
2: that it's unimportant that there were people who reported him to the FBI. That is important. But... I think what was the most bothersome to me, and I assume I, assume I have agreement from the two of you and potentially all the listeners, is using, exploiting the death of these 17 children to continue to undermine yeah. and delegitimize the yeah. FBI. Yeah. It's a strategy. It's a tactic. And we have talked about how it's problematic before. But this, to me, there's all kinds of shit that he does that just boggles my mind. But this is one of those things where I don't know why more people are not outraged. Not just people that already don't like him, but other people who maybe do like him were well, they so brainwashed now about not trusting the FBI that they will allow this kind of rhetoric to happen and be like, oh, he's totally right. How mm-hmm. do we exploit the death of 17 children? It's like no big deal.
0: There was pushback from the, a little bit from the right. You're right, it was short term. Yes. Uh, but at least there was, I was glad to see that some Republicans were saying Some like, members this of is, government did, Right, guess. this is inappropriate. Yes. Uh, but you're right, it was so short lived that we moved on, but that should have been a bigger deal. hmm Do you guys, so we were talking before we went on air that This school shooting, and we've talked about so many of them in the past, and it just seems like a normal thing. But this feels slightly different in terms of the reaction. Uh, You're talking about high school students who are politically savvy, who are on social media, who are engaging, uh, the news networks. Do we feel like this could potentially, the agency of this group, could change the political dynamic, move things in a way that previously, previously... you know, shootings haven't been able to go. What do, you, what do you think, Suzanne? Is this
2: so? I think the mobilization that we have seen with the walkouts that are going to be staged—it's happening here in our the town of Naperville, where our college is. I—I I, I mean, as an educator, of course, we love to see that kind of grassroots mobilization from the generation that typically is less engaged uh, in person but more engaged virtually. We're seeing how these things can come together to help build their social capital, and this is one of those things that kind of brings them together. So all of that is great. What I'm the most frustrated about is the distrust that we're hearing that, well, they don't, how how, how how do they know anything about politics? They don't know anything about government. How are they equipped to talk about gun control? They don't understand gun control. Well, who better to understand it than people that were a witness to at a party to this horrible situation that potentially wouldn't have happened if this individual could not have and should not have gotten access not only to a gun but this kind of weapon? And the idea that there was this, I think it was an ex-GOP lawmaker that suggested that the people, the young people on TV were paid actors. Crisis
0: actors. Crisis actors. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I... As a parent, it thinking about my own children in that situation, it pains me in ways that I can't describe. And as an educator who tries to empower young people to use their voice, to see young people trying to do that and continually both to their faces and over social media and other places be told you don't know anything. There's so much wrong with all the things I just said Mm. that I'm not even (laughs) really sure
0: where to go. What's what's unique about this is that you can't vilify kids
2: Well, but yeah. you can well, because it's happened. This will, this will,
0: uh, this will come back to bite him, though. Right? Don't you think? I mean, this is. So they, you could they si- found a
1: really, they yeah. found a really good opportunity here. As horrible as this was, and this, is, this is another point that we'll bring up later. But yeah, this is a a, a fantastic opportunity for the left and um, anti Second Amendment um, Not supporters. Not anti Second Amendment. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Gun um, control proponents. Yes. There we go. I, I did,
1: lose the words sometimes. <laughs>
0: The only, I, I think, there. My sense of this issue is that there's there's room for some sensible legislation here, right. in a in a bipartisan way. Mm-hmm. Not the idea of eliminating guns, but just finding you know dealing with some of the semiotic. There's 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 room here, and this group this group of high school students may be the the mechanism to push us in a better direction. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't, I mean, Trump came out this week and said that he's for expanded background checks and he's for banning bump stocks, things that we had not heard before.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but he can't do that unilaterally. I mean, Obama couldn't do anything unilaterally after Sandy Hook. He did things that had nothing to do with gun control, but other issues that were other executive orders that were supposed to help with access to guns based on particular kinds of people. But Congress still has to do it. And the NRA has gone on the offensive a lot just in the past couple of days. Uh, or week, I guess, since it has happened. So there are some Republicans we've seen in certain states that we wouldn't typically think would be would come out for some of these things, and they're talking about sensible gun reform, but they're not talking about particular ways to mm-hmm. do it. And since Trump cannot do this unilaterally, and we're in the midterm cycle, and the NRA gives a lot of money, I, don't, I honestly, especially after 26 six-year-olds were murdered and we did nothing... I'm not saying that high schoolers are not any less innocent, but is. I'm just gonna stop. I
0: I, I agree with you, and I've been pretty pessimistic about all this. But the sheer number of them, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is that there's so many shootings, so many school shootings. At some point, it becomes an issue where that the totality of that number becomes it, an... and it feels like this group is seizing upon this. And mm-hmm.
2: I think they are. Yeah. I think that's right. And not to interrupt you. No, no. And, with you. You. and then the
0: question is: Is there? It always seems to me that there's an enthusiasm gap, that right Mm -hmm. after a shooting, uh, parents and people speak out, but that's really fairly short-lived. After a week or so, the enthusiasm of those who suffered the tragedy wanes and moves in different directions. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) But the enthusiasm of the NRA and groups who don't want to see any kind of legislation is always there. And it feels like for the first time, this may have flipped. And now we're still so close to the shooting. So maybe a week or two out, this all changes. But this to me feels different than previous shootings.
1: So that's the other point that I want to bring up. And again, I'm not discounting the horrible tragedy that this was or any of these shootings have been. While as much as as much enthusiasm as we see from Second Amendment um, proponents and the NRA and lobbying groups and whatnot, I, what's bugging me a lot, which didn't bug me at first, is you're seeing a real push to take the message that these kids were doing and then politicizing it from the other perspective and using them as tools yes. to push a specific agenda, which I I get. You know, that's your political capital, which I think is disgusting from either side, but... like you you see them talking and then people feeding them talking points and telling them how to say things and you this is not it's not what it should be it should be the genuineness of what they're saying and what they experience and that should be enough Mm -hmm. but the fact that you have all these other groups and individuals and celebrities just latching onto this because it's closer to what they believe than what the opposition believes Mm -hmm. that really, really bugs me, just like it, it does with the NRA or yeah. anything else. Um,
0: I, no, I, th- I think that's a fair point. I do feel like the system has gotten so stuck and immobile to respond to school shootings that sometimes it takes that kind of jarring, mm-hmm. almost uncomfortable message. And I, I agree with you. Some of this feels scripted, but some of it is authentic. Uh, sure. So that's the thing. It's it's you You need to push very hard to break out of that kind of... Sp- Well,
2: and I think the 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 thing that we're missing here goes back to Bill's point about whether or not something's going to happen. And we hit this is sort of political science speak, so excuse me. But when we talk about whether policies get passed and how big or small the policy window is, we talk about this idea of punctuated equilibrium. So when a focusing event occurs, and there's a lot of media coverage, and then we see a lot of interest in fixing a problem when all those things kind of hit an apex is when you're more likely to see some kind, something end up on the agenda if it wasn't there before. But the thing is, you need a policy entrepreneur, an actor who actually can push it through, because that's a pretty wide window when all those things happen, but it closes really, really quickly. So who's going to be that policy entrepreneur? It can't be the president because he can't do it unilaterally, like I said before. So Who's the member of Congress? Because Democrats are stepping up and saying, we need to see this, we need to see this. Who's going to be the Republican who has control of the agenda to say, we're going to introduce this? This has to be Paul Ryan. I'm sorry. He's the one that controls the agenda. It's got to be Paul Ryan because nothing's going to come to the House floor in particular unless all Republicans are in favor of it. It's the only way, with that way the House works now, something is going to happen. It's interest- a lot of things that have to happen.
0: I wonder whether the pushback that... Florida Republicans are now facing, which is it's severe. I mean, as of today, you had uh, people storming capitals and and storming the castle. Castle, yes.
2: So, <laughs> so just <you> know, so <laughs> somebody like
0: Marco Rubio, or you know, is there pressure on those individuals to say we've got to do something, otherwise we're just going to keep getting hammered on? So, this. I, I, I'm sorry,
1: go ahead. No,
2: no, go please. So,
1: I mean, even a, a few days ago, we saw the, uh, oh god, why, why can't I think of the term, um, the. Um, was it the state senate? The
2: Florida legislature. The Florida legislature about the assault weapons ban. About the assault weapons yes. ban. This is what I was going to say.
1: So was that introduced after the? That was introduced before. It was already correct? on the agenda. Yes. Okay. So people were up in arms and uh, over the fact that they decided not to take up that particular piece of legislation, which realistically. Of all the things that have happened, that did not bug me in any way, shape, or form, or was not a surprise to me in any they way. They didn't pass it. That they mean. didn't pass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought they weren't even taking
0: it up. I, it was I, a it was I, a bill to just discuss it, right? It wasn't yeah, even yeah
2: it, yeah. But what they did vote on today, the Florida legislative body voted that porn is a public health hazard. But semi-automatic weapons, I don't believe not that's their deal. decision to make. Neither does <laughs> 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 the Supreme Court.
1: But that's it's that just that libertarian the, side the, of you, Nick.
2: I just I. I I talked about sperm last week, porn this week. You put me on the podcast. You never know what I'm going to say, but I just again, it's that they don't take this up, but they yeah.
1: Just I I, I don't know. It's actually I, I I remember talking about this when I was in your class many <gasps> many many moons ago. Um, it's it's a it's a slow methodical machine, and realistically, that's how it works. And in my opinion, that's how it should work. And designed to. to. Yeah, it's um, when you have these flashpoints. I think they're extraordinarily important, but it's also important to temper your emotions and expectations after that about what can be accomplished. And I don't know where the middle ground in this particular Mm -hmm. issue is. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can't. Madison is smiling. Put the cart before the horse. Yeah. 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 Well, I
0: think it's, it's entirely possible that we see a symbolic piece of legislation comes bump stocks. You it know, doesn't back. have a
2: lot of effect. I mean, has right. some. I shouldn't say, They're but
0: at the margins, right? And, and yes. even background check checks are kind of an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I think that's. Uh, yeah, we could see some symbolic politics. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's symbol signals going yeah, on here need, about Nick we need beer, beer me.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Beer. Speaking of which, we should talk about beer.
2: <laughs> oh, is it time? It Apparently. is. Oh We've gosh.
0: been. Yeah, we're over no, we're half an hour. For that day. We're doing good.
2: Oh, Gosh, I've been talking too much. I gotta so who wants to start this one? We well, are pouring one, Nick. Why don't you
1: start? I don't want to. Okay. So Nick, tell us about your <laughs> first that the beer. Is the chocolate one? <laughs>
0: so Nick is pouring a Baltic <laughs> Porter. That is a this chocolate is churro beer,
1: caramelized chocolate churro Baltic Porter from Moody Tongue, which is out of uh, Pilsen. Um, it looks uh, like Chir- a Guinness. Yeah. H-hold well, the on. foam's not quite as light, but Wait, it uh, looks
2: like it's dark on. like a Guinness. Mm.
1: Mm. Oh, it God. tastes like sour chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to let that one simmer. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> other... Do you want some water? No, 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 it'll be fine in a few minutes, I'm sure. Um, the first one I had was a uh, Tank 7 Farmhouse Ale from uh, Boulevard, uh, which they are out of uh, Kansas City. Um, pretty good. Kind of a... Uh, a lighter Saison, not quite as sweet. Um, had kind of a nice bitterness to it, uh, a little carbonated, similar to the one that we had last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, less sweet. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. It's pretty, it's pretty, good. pretty good. But
2: pretty good. not the chocolate and churros.
1: I'm, I'm, I'll debate it. Just, it's going to brew. Get some air into it. Suzanne, what's going to Get some air into and it. I into clearly it. Have well, to have as
2: it. I was a last minute ad. Yeah tonight. I said to Bill, do do I need to go get beer? Do you have beer? Nick was gracious enough and because the guys know me so well, picked me up a a Belgian style. So this is from 1090, which is a brewery in Glenview, Illinois. Uh, It's a Belgian style with honey and spices. So if you've ever heard me on the podcast, it's like every beer I ever drink on the podcast. And I like it. It's light. It's a wit, which I really enjoy. The aftertaste is not my favorite. It's not as heavy as a blue moon, but it gives me like a little bite, which is... It's not as fresh as I would like, so it's not as drinkable. Okay,
0: as I would like.
2: <laughs> but I have to say quickly before we move on to Bill that the, my favorite thing on the bottle, it says enjoy it forty five to fifty degrees with chevre, lobster roll, or pad thai. Ooh, and wow. I love all three of those yeah. things. So but now I really want to eat all three of those
1: things. Yeah, <laughs> that so. sounds good.
0: Right? Does sound good. Some
2: goat cheese, a lobster roll <laughs> and some pad thai. <laughs>
0: So I had a Smitty Town from Temperance Beer Company out of Evanston, Illinois. Uh, it was an ESB, and it was a really good beer. What is an ESB? I was just going to ask it that. It is an extra <laughs> special bitter ale. Ew. And yeah. it's Bitter. So. <laughs> it, I wasn't quite sure what to think when I first poured it, because it, it's red, and it does taste like a red, but a slightly more bitter red. It was good, and I didn't think I was going to like it, but... Very good. Uh, Not hoppy at all. Yeah, the can is very cool. It's got a truck on it. So Temperance has good stuff. Yeah. So no, this was a very very drinkable beer. I enjoyed it. Uh, A little (laughs) little 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 complexity to it. Unwittingly, not too bitter. Enjoyable. So Mm. yeah.
2: What's wait? Is that the one you have? No. Is that the one you have in
0: your cup? No, no, oh, I, re- no. I already drank this one. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My
0: second one is a uh, milk stout nitro from Left Hand Brewery out of Colorado, which is ju- we've reviewed that before. It's just a. It's that's, good. It's a delightful beer. Ooh, yeah. So you got a. Uh, oh, I get Voodoo the Blue Ranger, Ranger. Yeah, the juicy, juicy IPA. <laughs> so, all right, we ready I'll for? I'll get to s- that eventually. Please. You ready for speed round? Yeah. Okay. So topic number one, we're gonna we're gonna jump all over domestic international for speed round, but Syria. So Syria appears to be spiraling out of control. The violence oh, I in thought Syria is over. No. <laughs> in just the last day, Syrian forces have uh, alleged to have killed anywhere between two and three hundred civilians in an air attack. Amnesty International stated that there are flagrant war crimes being committed on an epic scale. With each passing day, the situation deteriorates, and it seems as if this has turned into a proxy war for the Russians, Iranians, Turkey, Turkey, Israel, and the United States. It's just—it's complicated. It's getting worse and worse. And I'm not quite sure how it gets better. Oh. Nah. No. No? Nah. No. This,
2: this is something you wanted to talk about right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I
1: love talking about this stuff. It, yeah, it's. Uh, as much as I thought that the, um, the kind of stalemate and eventual um, reascendence of the Syrian regime was going to bring some sort of stability, um, it's, they just clearly don't give a shit. They just want to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's horrible. And then you have the underlying weird dynamic between the U.S. and the Russians and the Russians sending people to take over, you know, a quote unquote abandoned oil field. And then the U.S. committing a lot of a lot of air power to uh, to securing and, and protecting that
0: and killing russians in the killing process. russians
1: yes. and then the russians are denying it or saying it's you know the numbers significantly less and then
0: because domestically they don't want to admit russia not. doesn't want to admit that they've got these individuals right, on the ground right exactly
1: yeah it's it's just bad and now there's there's i just heard on the way over here there's talk of turkey actually committing ground troops in syria to battle Again, quote unquote, the uh, the YPG Kurdish fighters that, you know, or they consider terrorists. It's just it's bad. It's really bad. And the Syrians, again, after seven years of war, are still caught in the middle. The ones that are left. Exactly.
0: The other dynamic that's playing out there is you've got Iran and Israel. So those of all the two states that may lead to further conflict, it, it feels like that's what's playing out. So Iran is seizing upon Assad's gains to establish control and uh, like-minded individuals in there as a way to potentially push back against Israel. Israel's not at all excited about that, so there potentially could be a conflict there. They shot down an Iranian drone recently, so that feels like it could flare. You're right that Turkey and the opposition forces and the Assad forces all feel like that could flare. U.S. Russia, it is just—it's a—it's a, it's a tinderbox. It's ready to go up, even though it's already already collapsed yeah. <laughs> and been blown up a gazillion times. So it's
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, thinking. Of, I am not an international relations scholar, and this is obviously right up Bill's alley with uh, with American foreign policy. And so I keep thinking about, especially listening to the two of you talk. Since Nick always preferred international relations anyway, <laughs> um, I know. Yay! <laughs> so as the lonely Americanist tonight on the podcast, although actually I'm always the only Americanist <laughs> yes. on the podcast. I have to think about we talk about the adults left in the room or in the administration. You know, where would you where do you think McMaster is with the U.S. strategy looking at, as you say, the tinderbox? Right. So we know that Trump will fire off tweets at some point because he's already done this um, with other issues, especially talking about Iran with what's been going on. Well, that's a whole other topic. Anyway, my question still remains. Where do you think McMaster stands with all of this? And, and Kelly, too, who has very strong feelings about policy and we thought would not necessarily come out because he'd be more of a manager, but are having an effect.
0: I think the initial focus for the United States with the Trump administration was ISIS, mm-hmm. right? Let's get rid of ISIS. And it, they simplified it to say, we're not going to talk about toppling the Assad regime. Mm-hmm. We just want to get rid of ISIS. And they were very successful along that front. Yeah. But the new challenge, if I'm McMaster or I'm Mattis, is Iran. Because Iran is seizing upon this to create an infrastructure that could challenge Israel, mm-hmm. so they're they've got feet in Lebanon. Now they're going to have feet in in uh, in Syria, mm-hmm. in Iraq. So if, if I am the United States or Israel, I'm very very concerned about the advantages that Iran is getting with its relationship with Assad. So I, I think it's a it's a serious concern. Saudi Arabia is also have to, has to be concerned by the developments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you suddenly switch from ISIS to be the the main focus to now, I think, Iran becomes the main focus. So, is there where you're going to say something?
2: No, I'm just, I love listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, As should the listeners. <laughs> and their friends.
1: Um, I, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any good strategy for the U.S. to take at this point. There are enough actors in here that you realistically could take a divide and conquer standpoint and simply kind of bail out and take a page out of the Russians' playbook and sow discontent between the different factions and let them... I mean, there's no infrastructure left in Syria. Mm -hmm. So whoever does come out on top is going to have to rebuild all of that and then fend off the other factions and then defend it against potentially U.S. and Israeli retaliations. Uh, There's no... There just doesn't seem to be a good reason to stay there at this and There's way more um uh militarily and economically effective ways to be effective i'm gonna say
0: effective yeah. again <laughs>
1: That's
0: <right>. unwittingly effective <laughs> unwittingly. the central <laughs> axis there may be the relationship between the united states and russia because those are the two actors that could get everybody in line the united states could get turkey in line russia potentially could get assad in line and push back against iran so that that could bring everybody to the table but otherwise, this is something that has the potential to go on and get much worse right. before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stupid. Yeah, that's, that's a depressing topic. Yeah. This one is more this fun. This is why topic we talk two. about American politics. Right. <laughs> so it's, so it's
2: depressing in a different way. So
0: topic that's number we two. We have to drink with this. Yes. Uh, Brookings released its annual ranking of U.S. presidents. Uh, the first one, which has included Donald J. Trump. And let's just say things are looking up for President James Buchanan. <laughs> yeah. This is For those of you who don't know, he's the president who most often tops the list of America's worst president. Uh, This year, Buchanan was knocked out of the last spot by Trump. Uh, Lincoln, once again, topped the list. Uh, The poll surveyed members of the American Political Science Association, which Suzanne and I are both members of. Although they focused on the president (laughs) and the executive politics section, so we weren't polled. Although, I don't don't know. I was not polled. So there's, there's a lot of really interesting things to talk about here. Um... Suzanne, why don't you oh, why start? Don't I start? We will to our listeners. We will tweet out this article with all of the data because it's 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 silly, but it's also kind of fun.
2: Well, so let me just very quickly because we only have five minutes. I do this project in my my American Presidency class that um, was gifted to me very generously by a graduate student I worked with at my previous institution, who I hope does it at his institution now, where we do like a March Madness style debate of who the best president of all time is, and we kind of like play down to the final four and so forth, and. Lincoln, who tops the list and continues to top the list on these <coughs> rankings, always gets into sort of that final round. And so the top the top ten, I, I don't think are at all surprising. So
0: Lincoln, Washington, FDR, Roosevelt, Jefferson, Truman, Eisenhower, Obama, who jumped into the top ten, he did Reagan and LBJ. Reagan
2: and LBJ. So the thing that's interesting about this is we see kind of the general rankings, and then they did they broke it down by scholars who identified as Democratic, Independent, and Republican. There's not really a lot of movement. This is where we know political scientists. We yep. keep our biases to ourselves, um, but Trump is either 44th for the Democratic scholars, 43rd for the independent, and 40th for the Republican scholars. Which is
0: interesting because even Republican scholars have mm-hmm. Trump as in the top or bottom five for presidents. Bottom
2: five, absolutely. And Buchanan, poor Buchanan, yeah. he's just always down there. I, you know, what's looking at some of the movement um, and you know, <laughs> okay, so. As we remove ourselves from presidents, we start to remember them more and more fondly. We forget about the bad stuff. This is so it's not really a surprise that, like, right after Clinton, we saw him go up, but now as we're remembering as we are being reminded to remember about some of the things he actually moved down
0: five points five
2: points is not nothing uh it's pretty significant um i think so personally lyndon johnson is always one of my favorite presidents uh even though he had his own issues but he moved up a couple so i was sort of happy to see that but obama moved up 10 spaces
0: and tr- I, it was a Trump bump. This
2: is what I was going to say is it has to be this juxtaposition. And I forgot to look at George W. Bush, but he's got to have. Oh, up five.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went from. Okay, Bush <laughs> went from 35th to 30th. That's so,
2: big. Yeah. That's big. He's
0: just a fun guy. I just but want to have a beer he, with him. He's he still. To paint. He's still pretty low on the list, though. But that's you're right, a fair. He moved point.
2: Up. So that's, that's my sort of generic. So take Clinton, on the list. Clinton,
0: the five point drop. That has to be connected with the Me Too movement, right?
2: I think that's part of it. And I also just think since his wife just ran for president, he was back in the news again and being continually reminded. We are being reminded about NAFTA and about... Yes, and about things related yeah. to the Me Too movement. So once they're back in our minds again and we remember some of the stuff that we didn't like about them beforehand, it's going to drop down. I think it's going to go back up again as we removed a year or two.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you make of Andrew Jackson dropping six points? Like, this is
2: like Andrew... Uh, because he's on the wall in the Oval Office okay, now. Okay, that uh, makes sense.
0: This is like sports drop. center for political <laughs> scientists. I know. I'm so <laughs> geeked out right now. It's amazing. Get a full five-minute thick. <laughs> All right, the other weird thing for me is, this one makes no sense to me, Grant jumps <laughs> from 21 to 28? I, I mean, I don't... With jumps? Yeah. He went, he went
2: up seven points. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I don't... I don't
0: know. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, he went from twenty-eighth to 21. He yeah. moved the other way. Yeah, he increased seven points. He increased seven points. A couple interesting other things. Uh, Obama, Nick and I were talking about this before we went on air, is ranked 16th by Republican scholars. Yes. That's a very high ranking. Right.
2: But compared to... I mean that's still re- really low compared to the overall ranking. Which well, is eight.
1: They named yeah. again, like I said before we we started taping, uh, they didn't think he was dumb. He was he was like a Bond villain. Like he was very smart, but they hated him because he was that smart <laughs> and he was evil.
0: The, What's really The funny, evil genius like Newt Gingrich? We talk about Newt genius. Gingrich as the evil genius. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, to this point, so Clinton is 15 though, and Obama's 16. Why are Republicans? Why do Republicans think Clinton is better than Obama? Because he's white. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so that so yes, chocolate churro things going yeah, on. Yes, but it's also better.
2: it's there's more removal. Yeah, it,
0: it,
1: it's well, yeah. That's the thing about <laughs> it's all not this untrue, stuff.
2: Though.
0: <laughs> Speaking of that, so of, of race, like Woodrow Wilson, if you break it down just by Democratic scholars, breaks the top ten at yes. number ten. Yes. Woodrow Wilson was a rabid racist. Awful, and and now we are aware of this, yeah. and the one group of people who would be well aware that Woodrow Wilson is a racist mm-hmm. are political scientists <laughs> and yet they still voted him into the top 10 and and mm-hmm. as an international scholar who thinks Wilson was consequential yes it's hard for me to get over the fact that his I mean he
2: screened birth of a nation at the right. White House yes I mean because he was and didn't want women to have the vote there's there's
0: a right <laughs> there's an argument that sometimes we have to judge presidents during their time period yeah. Wilson should have known better it wasn't as if you know, he was. There were. I don't know. It, it was a different time, but he still should have known better. I and Democrats, Dem- democratic scholars, should have well, pushed him down the list. Okay. Fine. Yeah. It's where time keep is up. All yeah, right. keep I <laughs> can't. No,
2: I will respect the clock.
0: Oh,
1: I'm not going to. I'm going to make one more. Point. Yeah, yeah. Ah! <laughs> no, I, I think it's um, it's interesting to to see this. And so was this after the individual president's first year in office, or in totality?
2: This was their total ranking after their presidency was over. Okay, well, except so, for Trump, obviously. Right. Yeah. So
1: I mean, and they reevaluate each year. Right. So uh, that doesn't really make sense to. Oh, you gotta, you gotta Yeah, pick. because
2: they try. It's a, it's always a comparative analysis. Right? Sure.
1: I, I'm wondering what people are going to do um, after seven more years of this. That's what we assume like. that Trump will be in office <laughs> for seven. Right. Years? I I firmly believe that. So, um, the the other point I wanted to make was, I I would bet that we. If the trend continues with the polarization of the political parties, I bet we see Obama continually. Uh, it, we're gonna see a separation between the Democrats and Republicans in these particular meaningless polls. Um, well, now
2: this one is political scientists, so you be careful with the meaningless. You know what I mean. The, when they poll the public, that's different. Mm-hmm. You
1: think Obama will continue to go up? No, I think he'll down. go down. He no, he'll down? Go down. I think he'll go down. Yeah. I regardless of who is being polled, I, I understand that this is a different group of people that we're talking about. You're not completely not you, too. That oh, I'm, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be completely immune to what the political discourse and public discourse is that's happening around you.
2: But I think that's Wilson at 10 for Democrats. Yeah. is actually yeah. evidence to the contrary. Right, and fine. this is what I was going to say to Bill, yeah. is that even as, in case you haven't noticed, Liberal as I am, I still would put Wilson at least in the top fifteen.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that Clinton was above Obama because there was a
0: balanced budget and Obama didn't help me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so listeners go and look at the article. This is this is fun. This is And the
2: fact yeah. that a New York Times piece <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: is, you know, this was trending all over social media was you it know, was, was polling yeah, political scientists. This was cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're we matter. We do, we, we do.
0: Matter. <laughs> all right, now oh. to we know things. Rocket Man who's back in the news actually he's not new. the you need, yeah. you
2: need you need Rocket Man every time you say it you
0: need <laughs> oh we should put that you down you should. should have a little i to like, bring my soundboard yeah <laughs> alright so South Korea's military announced the creation of a quote decapitation unit uh, a, a special way. squad tasked with assassinating North Korean leader Kim Jong Un in the event of a war South Korea is planning to arm its newly formed special forces decapitation unit with a, with suicide drones and other lethal weapons to take out the North Korean leader. Nick, you were the one who was really excited about this. Can so you s-
2: ask your next question? Though. Okay,
0: Nick, is this a good idea? <laughs> And why is South Korea announcing its decapitation unit? I think it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. I
1: have been a proponent of targeted impressive. assassinations since day one of this podcast. It was oh, <laughs> Tar- so many problems. Who are you to target?
0: Mainly yeah. him. Okay. But
1: who, I don't know. Whoever's Whoever. on the list this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, no, what I found really interesting about this story is they did it in the middle of the Olympics, yes. <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> It was literally, I went from a story about the opening ceremonies and, you know, unified Korea marching together and whatnot. And then the next day was this story about. If the North Koreans get uppity, we're really going to hammer
0: them hard. And decapitate. And decapitate. Yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out this week, right, for the opening ceremonies, there was this big uh, to-do about whether Mike Pence was going to, he didn't shake hands, and mm-hmm. there was all this sort of eye-rolling and back and forth. But apparently the news that broke this week was that there was supposed to be a secret meeting yep. between Mike Pence and the North Koreans. I wonder whether the release of the information about a decapitation unit Ended it because it wasn't Mike Pence; it was the North Koreans who were like, "No, ain't going to happen." Right. We, we don't know, but I would think if I was Kim Jong Un and I learned of a decapitation unit, I would be less diplomatic. I'm, <laughs> so. I'm shocked that there wasn't one <laughs> That's before this. Really be good honest. point, Val. Yeah. <laughs> so strategically, I'm trying. So if a war breaks out, there is some value to taking out the heads of state. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, maybe you potentially get the people to flip <clears> against <throat> the government. But I don't release that publicly. I don't acknowledge that I have a decapitation unit.
1: I don't know in this situation. What I do know is that the North Korean regime underneath Kim Jong-un are probably the more rational actors who we do deal with on a daily basis and who are the ones that get scared shitless of Trump's rhetoric and the threat of nuclear war and try to facilitate this, you know, Covert communication between the different uh, between the different sides. If there is an opportunity, and someone's saying that there's a potential opportunity to decapitate your head of state, who is realistically the loose cannon. <laughs> I don't know. It's mm. not. I. I. It could all be a political tactic, and it probably is. I, can, I. I mean, I don't know what a suicide drone is going to do. Really, that's not How very. How does a effective. drone
2: decapitate somebody? It
0: blows them up. I mean, because just. Yeah. Sort of, I. I, re- I picture. Yeah, no you're <laughs> thinking, you're picturing thing. a drone with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> right no. They're not that sophisticated. No, that,
2: so but actually this is there is a serious question. This is a here guy here hanging out the
0: bottom with a sickle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: There is a serious question I have here because again as I always say with international relations. Does South Korea have the person power and the resources to pull this off?
1: Yeah, they have the United States military. Well that was
2: actually <laughs> my no, but that was my question is that is there like an implicit support underneath here that the U.S. has either funded it, knows about it, on board with it, would support it. And I'm just I'm asking. It
0: could be because they talk about this as a, was it the SEAL Team 6 or whatever? Like, this is that kind of unit right. that would go in and target him. Right. So I'm guessing at least the U.S. is coaching him up on how to do that, you know, like a Bin Laden kind of thing. Right. Um, Wouldn't
2: you think you would need North Korean defectors to be the ones yes. to get in there? yeah. Right,
0: right. Potentially, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what Phil's actually up to this <gasps> week. He's oh. the, he doesn't have the sniffles. The sniffles. He's, he does have that North Korean passport. He's <laughs> in he's, he's on the DMZ right now. <laughs> mm. mm. This will be the test to see whether Phil. barker listens when he's sick to know if we talked about him as part of <laughs> oh the gosh. decapitation Phil, unit. I, I, come back safe. <laughs> I, I
1: realistically, I I hesitate to think that they they even have. Whatever team that they're talking about in the incarnation that they're talking about, I think it's a really good scare tactic. I mean,
2: is it really going to scare Kim Jong Un though? Do you
1: think it's not going to scare him? But it's you're gonna saying it's going to scare the underlings. Yeah, right. it's
0: it's. it's I, I agree with that. Although the timing seems strange, this is the time when where Olympics are going on. It's about bringing people to the table. Let's no, it's deescalate about the it rhetoric.
1: Fucking horrible with, international politics. Right.
0: But it does feel <laughs> to me that that there was a chance that the Olympics created an opportunity for discourse. And a decapitation unit switches that conversation. So if Mm -hmm. there was going to be any reconciliation, it's going to take some time to bring them back to the table. Mm -hmm. So, um... But maybe it's a deterrent. Maybe a deterrent no. brings states to the table. I well, I don't know, yeah.
2: but I'm going to say, I'm going to call no yes. on that one.
0: <laughs> when you first, Nick, when you first sent that article, I was like, wait, is this real?
2: Is it the onion? <laughs> I yes. just
0: what send it you then? onion articles in between all the other ones and I the best sent? part yes. was it's like, I opened it and it was, it had like one sentence. It yeah. was a video and I thought, that's it. The article is literally <laughs> just saying that this has happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good, yeah, good one. Oh.
1: So much fun.
0: Yes. All right. Topic number four. Pennsylvania. So it's a good thing we have Suzanne on because she can explain all of this to us. The new congressional district. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court drew new boundaries for the state's congressional districts on Monday. They actually released a map, and if it stands, could play a significant role in the Democratic Party's efforts to gain control of the House of Representatives in the midterm elections. The court ruled in January that the state's existing congressional map was an illegal partisan gerrymandered that clearly, plainly, and palpably violated the state constitution. Under that system, Republicans won 13 of 18 districts, even though the Democratic and Republican balance was roughly equal. Now, under the new map, uh, Republicans have... Oh, I already said that, but... um, (laughs) How many beers have you had? That's right. (laughs) Uh, So this does appear to have created a more fair system. But is that even possible in this highly toxic partisan environment where the president is already tweeting out attacking the new system. So, Suzanne, what do you make of all of this? Oh,
2: there's so many things. I lived in Pennsylvania <laughs> for a long time, so I'm always happy when Pennsylvania comes up. Some of my former colleagues at Penn State had had some knowledge and some work on some of this, which I think is really cool, because political scientists have been, deal- have been talking about gerrymandering and have provided um, like a specialty and provided information to those who've been redrawing maps. So I think what's important about this, it's, yes, this particular state is important but more generally so we already saw the supreme court take up a case about gerrymandering in october we see another case coming in uh from maryland i think coming sometime this spring and the court has been the supreme court i should say has been very reluctant to take up gerrymandering course cases over time and we saw a couple in the 60s a couple in the 90s and then we see kind of rejections of some of the maps over time in texas and in north carolina other places i think what's different about this one is that now we have a president who is it's another way to undermine institutions as he has done with like let's get rid of the filibuster because i don't like what's going on in the senate let's you know the fbi and this that and the other it's another way to say hey state court you were wrong he's done this with the travel ban it's his mo to sort of attack an institution when he doesn't like what the outcome is and use it as a rallying cry in the election so i think what the tweet does talk about that first is to say to those Republicans in Pennsylvania who now have feel like they've been drawn out of their district, let's like send a message, right? Um, I think what's most interesting about this more generally is that because the Supreme Court's taken up two cases, we've seen this in Pennsylvania go back and forth in the court, and we're seeing other states take this up, is the court has said previously that partisan gerrymandering is constitutional. Unless it's too unfair to one party or another, and that is very squishy language. Well, now we're seeing, at least at the state level, and depending on how the Supreme Court rules on these one, in, the one in October, and the one in this, the one this spring, if there is some kind of bar where we can say when the numbers look this way or when the effect on electoral outcomes is this, we will say this is unfair. Um, so I think there's a lot in Pennsylvania not that we're talking about presidential politics, but as a swing state, there's a lot about this state also that's relevant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that
2: was like half of our time.
0: No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> no. If you could fill that in, because we have nothing. On <laughs> no, 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 It's <laughs> like me when we talk about
2: Syria. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bill.
0: <laughs> to me, what was interesting is that the court, the Pennsylvania State Court, not the Supreme Court here, reached out to, to experts in the field about drawing fair maps. Yes. And I've always felt like, this is a very technocratic way of resolving these issues to say, let's let's try to create, and I guess they did as they drew these yes. to create some balance. And Democrats have historically been disadvantaged yes. by, by geography. Mm-hmm. So you have, a you know, Democrats tend to be an urban center. So they're, I don't know what the term is, but they're geographically constrained in ways. Mm-hmm. And so that this tried to address that so that it's a f- level playing field. Mm-hmm. And for me, whether that's a Democratic or Republican, I think that's, I would, I would, encourage that because then suddenly you can have reasonable, moderate political debates. When you've got districts that are safe, Democratic, Republican, it encourages extremist ideas. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about this.
2: It's What's interesting, again, living in Pennsylvania for a couple of years, we those lovingly joke that you have Pittsburgh, Philly, and quote, Alabama in the middle, right? So the way Pennsylvania is, you've got these urban areas, these big cities where you have a consolidation of similar kinds of people, And that's why Pennsylvania is a swing state, because you have the largest counties and the largest cities that are populated by more diverse and more progressive people, but the middle is quite red. But the two rules that are supposed to be followed for for redistricting is compact and contiguous. So you can't have a break, it all has to be contiguous. The compact is violated on the regular. And if you look at these districts, they are drawn equally, when you look at them physically, they, don't, they are both compact and contiguous. And so if we do this for every state, visually it looks more fair. But on the other side of it, those of us that have studied some of these things, we say, well, but like-minded people tend to live in similar kinds of places, so what if we crack them out and put them in other places? Is that just for some other kind of political means? Mm-hmm. You can see both sides of fairness sure. versus no, this is not fair. Right. And for the court to weigh in, especially the cases from the Supreme Court, again, depending on how they rule, it's going to be very interesting to see if states have to redraw what that looks like, if there's challenges, if the president comes out and continues to undermine <clears throat> these institutions.
0: And this, the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court was very bold. Yes. Whether the United States Supreme Court will be as bold is an interesting question because you're right, that their ruling will have a massive impact because oh, gerrymandering yes. is happening everywhere. I mean, the mm-hmm. the two cases, Wisconsin and Maryland, are particularly... Egregious, yes, but there's there's a lot of room to address. So yeah.
2: well, and with John Roberts, I have to talk about this, right? When he and during the oral arguments in October, when social science, particularly political science, research that shows the effects of gerrymandering, he called it gobbledygook. <laughs> so the yes. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court talking about social science is gobbledygook.
1: Yep, I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think we just do a, like a battleship grid system. Just make everything even. You're in District E3. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're destroyer aft. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Trump would like that. Yeah. It would (laughs) work. Yeah. All right. Final topic. This is a fun one. So the the premise of this is both of you need to answer, who is more likely lying? All right. Yes. Option number one, (laughs) the Russian Olympic team, which claims its athletes are clean of all performance-enhancing drugs, even though a member of their curling team... Curling was busted for doping. <laughs> the Russian curlers are doping, right? All right, so let's not-
2: No, it's the Olympic athletes of Russia,
0: right? Yes, <laughs> I, think I reminded you of that last yes. week. All right, so okay, is the <laughs> are they lying or the United States who claims it is absurd to suggest it is using? nuclear lizards in iran stick with me a (laughs) high-ranking iranian official is accusing the united states of using lizards capable of attracting atomic waves to spy on iran's nuclear program a senior military advisor to iran's supreme leader on tuesday told iranian media that several years ago western spies entered iran pretending to collect aid for palestinians that were actually there to spy on the country's uranium mines the allegation is that the lizard skin attracts atomic waves and that they were used to find out where inside the Islamic Republic of Iran they have uranium mines. So, who's lying? Yes. Russia? Yes. Or the United States? <laughs> 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 so both. <laughs> I love the fact that the United States may be using lizards in Iran. This is this, this yeah. This is great. Let's go back to the IOC yeah. thing real yeah. quick. The IOC sucks. They do. They're you said so, that last week. They're too. so horrible. They shouldn't have let the the fact that oh. The fact that they let the Russian athletes compete, or the Olympic athletes from yeah, Russia, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The and then we got it. the first one that gets busted He's is a curler. A curler. Yeah. Oh my god, it's beautiful! I'm from Wisconsin. You can't curling have is big. Huge
1: fucking biceps and forearms <laughs> for that
0: dude. <laughs>
2: Advice: You gotta get you, down. Yeah,
0: that's true. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. I, I've watched curling. They're not all in good shape. No, they're no not, not at all. Yeah,
2: <laughs> or in the best shape. Right.
0: <laughs> they're not just, downhill skiers. So if, if Russian curlers are cheating they have to all... But you
2: look at the 15-year-old female figure skater who performed last night, who was incredible. Is she on peds
0: Yes. Probably. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. That was <laughs> easy.
0: <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> because she's probably hurt and so you can use performing enhancing drugs to like heal better and quicker. And, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems right.
1: Um, I, I mean, there's just been, there's such a history of it. Like, yeah. why would you not think they're doing that now? Yeah. Right. Like, And it's, I, I don't know, they're just scumbags. I'm sorry. Oh, hi! They're scumb- <laughs> sorry, Russian listeners. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thanks. Yeah, if you want to bring the Russian bots back to increase our numbers, I'll be okay with that. But,
2: <laughs> um, Wait, yeah. We lost the Hill, Hillbilly vote last yes. year.
1: It's the yeah, Russian I vote yes. this yes. year. Yeah, it's yeah. whatever. No, it's just, again, it, there's such a, a blatant history of trying to sidestep and, you know, you didn't they, like, cut a hole through yes. a wall and, yes. like, Sochi. use yes. someone else's pee uh-huh. or something like yes. that? Yep. It's just... These weird elaborate Cold War tactics. That's this Rocky exactly and Bullwinkle right. shit. and I just it's just weird. Yeah.
2: But can we I'm sorry. Yes. yes. But can we talk about the lizards? Yes. Yes, because please. what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Because all I can think about is that like they live in Area fifty one. Like yeah. where do lizards live? Is there science behind the fact that lizards could do this? Have we mutated the lizards? And if so, where is that technology? I have all kinds of questions I,
0: about this. So if, if I, I'm thinking, it's more likely the Russians are lying here, and that the Americans are like, seriously, no, what are you <laughs> about? we don't lizards. No, <laughs> like we, we do a lot of stuff, but no lizards. No, we didn't do that. But even if they, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was. I really wonder about the science. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to wonder about whether lizards can pick up atomic waves. Well,
0: they, they do respond to heat, right? Well, okay. But how do you drain how do you drain? How do you train a lizard to respond to nuclear heat? I don't know it's it's how smart just they got are. to be some sort and of stimulus, My thing. experience with lizards is they always run away, right? I mean, so <laughs> like, do you have them on leashes?
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Please tell me that Lizards on a Leash is the name of the podcast. Uh, it is now.
1: It certainly is now. Um I, I mean realistically, the end result of this is if it's true, yeah. in some fantasy world where this actually happened, if it's true, they had lizards and they turned, whatever, I'll, I'll, say <laughs> yes. I'll say pink, I'll say pink, you know, <laughs> with exposure to uranium, and the Iranians didn't acknowledge that they had a uranium mine somewhere, isn't it still on the Iranians that <laughs> they were the assholes, sure. not the lizard
0: keepers? Right, right, yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> So as you were describing these pink lizards, I'm wondering, <laughs> how many of them do you release? And so it, are the Iranians looking out at their nuclear facility and suddenly seeing, like, 75 <laughs> pink lizards going, like, the Americans are something? <laughs> so. We're always uh. up to No, uh. right. oh.
2: <laughs>
1: It's uh, it just the weirdness of... Uh, it's, <laughs> The,
0: go, go ahead. <laughs> so I will say, like, I, I, I've done a fair amount of research on what the weird things that the CIA, CIA has done, and we've done, done some, some weird shit. Yeah, we really have. But Iran also is one of those actors who are like, yeah, you, you like to dabble in weirdness too. So I wouldn't. They're the Alex Jones of the region. Yeah. So they, I wouldn't put it beyond them to have a meeting to say, <laughs> let's put this story out about lizards, and yeah. So.
1: it's so funny.
0: It is. It's, it's a good so, one. Yeah, where so funny. does
2: that even come from?
0: I don't know. Well, the, other than Iran making this an issue. I can't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> we had
1: 30 seconds left on that one. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> so everyone's lying. How yep, about that? Right. Yeah, can we say sure. that? Yeah, we can say I
2: that. I mean, the U.S. isn't lying when they say there's no lizards.
0: There may not be lizards. I don't know. I don't think there are. There were dolphins, right, Nick? Wait, yeah, wait, what? Yeah, they we were used dolphins, dolphins to, um, yeah.
1: to, um, to uh, I think, mind sweep, right? Yeah. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. I think that's what it was. That's I how the one have, almost worked. I must not have listened to, to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't very good at <laughs> <Right>. it, <laughs> so they kept bumping into them. Um,
0: uh, can can you start doing, sure. So, you uh, start doing that? Sure. Uh, so those of you that are still listening... Uh, you know, it, it's really helpful for us. Or <laughs> wow! <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad Confidence way to start. In yes. Our listeners just share us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate that. Review us on iTunes. That's one of the one of the big ways that we get uh, get more listeners and get more awareness. So uh, we post the beers on Untapped, and uh, I'm trying to think what else, Nick.
1: Um, so what are we on? So SoundCloud, yes. iTunes, yes, um, Stitcher, uh. Blueberry, tune in Google <laughs> Play Music. It's another podcast platform.
2: Yeah. Oh, I learned something today.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I so find us, like us, share us, tell um, your soon friends. Soon to be on Spotify, I believe. Yeah. So oh, good. yeah, good, good, working, good. On, working on that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you have beer suggestions or um, comments or questions you want us to talk about, <clears throat> send it to us on Twitter. You mentioned barstool, yes. Paul. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Oh, not. I don't know if I did. P O L. Yeah. P O L. Yeah.
0: But tweet us out. Yeah. Yeah, or good. Facebook. Yeah. One of those some, two. Some fans this last week. And everyone should
2: out. wish Phil a yes. speedy recovery home from Korea. Yes. 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 Or that his sniffles are recovering. Right. He's mm, recovered.
0: both. Poor Phil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, well, th- Suzanne. Thanks, Suzanne. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, that's fun. Bye, everyone. See you guys next week. Cheers.